0: Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We'll be going through the series of 2 Timothy. Um, and here what we're going to be reading is, is Paul encouraging Timothy um, in his calling. A lot of what we've been reading before is the, is the training, it's the equipping, it's the, the discipling, and now this is kind of the call that he's giving to Timothy. This is the, to run with everything that he's been given and the wisdom that he been, has been applied as well, this high calling and all that Paul and the Word of God has equipped him with. So if you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to go through verses 1 to 5. And it says here, it says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. So here again, this is Paul kind of actioning and and commissioning Timothy with everything he's been equipped with. And here we just I want to look at a few things in this... Pa- oh, all right, I thought that was a PowerPoint, but don't worry. I thought we will going to go through um, a few things that um, has been instructed. Oh, we're good. Do you know what? I, I can take no credit for that. I literally did none of the work, so that's all on them. Um, but yeah, we're going to just look at a few things in here that Paul uh, instructs Timothy. And the, and the first thing is, is, is just at that beginning of verse 1, it says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus that for us in our lives, this is our audience, that we have an audience of one. And who your audience is will impact what you do. If you're a, if you're a teacher, you'll adjust the lesson depending on the year group you have. If you're you know, at Christmas when you give gifts, who you, the gift that you give to someone depends on who the person is that's receiving it. And if you're a politician, you'll adjust the message in terms of who's in the room. And, it's, and likewise for us in our lives, what we do is kind of a, is a result of who is around or who we are doing it for. And here Paul is saying to Timothy that it is always in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. That that is our audience always. And this is why in Colossians 3 it says, It says, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him that your greatest calling and the greatest ministry is the ministering to Jesus himself. It's why the Bible says that throughout the Old and New Testament, the Bible would say that God is building a kingdom of priests, that the main function of a priest was to commune to God. It was in prayer, it was in worship, in obedience and reverence to him. That the, the, the primary ministry was the ministering to God himself. And this is what Paul's saying. it's saying in the presence of God, in it, unto him, This is our high call. That loving and serving Jesus comes before everything else. That it is the great commandment that Jesus gave. And if you remember in the gospel in the story of Mary and Martha when when Martha is working and and busy and complains to Jesus about it, that Jesus says that only one thing is needed and Mary has chosen the best part. That the, The necessity that Jesus talks about is him himself. And that is our that is our upward call. That is our great calling. You see in, the, in verse 2, it says to, to preach the word. This is to preach Jesus himself. He is the living word of God. You can't preach the word without preaching Jesus. As Tyler preached last week in the, in the previous chapter when we were talking about the, the sanctity of the word and the power of it. You know, that all scripture is God-breathed. And the command before God here is to declare the words and the desires of God himself. Not just our word, but the word. And this is to preach the, the pure and undefiled word of God, which has life and life abundantly, because it is Jesus. And this is, as is, is the Bible says, it's the two-edged sword. It's, it's the only thing that can reveal the depths of man. It says it divides between the soul and the spirit. It goes right to the, the depths of who you are. It's your motives. It's the, it's the why behind your life. It's everything, and it's revealed through the word of God. And that's what we preach. We preach Jesus. Now, you may not have the, the opportunity to, to preach in your, in your every day, but I believe your, your life is your greatest message. You know, in, in Paul, in Second Corinthians chapter 3, he, he says to the church, he said, you are a living epistle. You're a living letter, seen and read by all men that your life is the loudest message that you can preach, it's it's the the actions, it's it's what you do. The way you live your life, the why behind everything, the decisions you make is a testimony and is the testimony in itself. And others will know and see your life and and hopefully through you they will see Jesus behind everything. That's why even in the book of James, James says, faith without works is dead. In other words, a, a... a speaking of faith, but without any action behind it that, that agrees with that, is, has no impact, is of no value. And the call here is, is that I believe that we are to become li- the living Word of God, a living epistle, to live the Word of God, not just, not just to speak it. And even in your lives, in your work, with your family, with everyone, just living the Word of God, that, that will bear fruit, that will... That would be, that would be a, a louder message than anything you could say in a, in a one-time message. And it says here to, to be prepared in season and out of season. The way to, to always be prepared is to commune with God. And it's to become this living epistle. It's, it's even when people don't see what you're doing. It's the, it's the time away from, from other people. It's what Jesus even did in his ministry. He'd go away and pray. He'd go and spend time with God before. And it's our call as well that to be prepared is to become the living word. It's to, it's to make this our lives, not just what we say. Not that we just have a, a speech ready or some, a good few quotes that we can, we can whip out, but it, the, the reason we do what we do, that everything that goes unto this, this is essential to living in the fullness of the Christian life in every circumstance. It's not just to, to preach a gospel and then go and do something totally different or get angry or lash out at one another because we're having a bad day. That's not, that's not what God called. There is a higher calling than that. And so I'll ask the Holy Spirit to, to help us to become this word, not just to read it and speak it. You know, in the, in the Bible we see it in, the, in Matthew 26 when, when Mary goes and anoints the feet of Jesus in her own devotion to him, in her own worship to him, even when everyone else is is confused or questions it or or even angry about it, that Jesus says that throughout the world, wherever the gospel is preached, what she has done will be told. That her very devotion to Jesus became the message. That her actions became louder and said, wherever the gospel goes, what what she has done will be told as well. Again, we are to become a living epistle. We see also in, 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 uh, at the end of that verse, it says to correct, to rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. I want to emphasize just on that, on that great patience and careful instruction that, that Paul guides Timothy in. It's, it speaks of that longevity, that consistency, that not giving up. It's, 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 not just how you, it's not just what you say, but it's how you say and it. it's the consistency behind it. It's the spirit in which you bring it in. And it's not just to give up on someone or, or a situation or a surrounding when, it, when they seem unwilling or resistant, especially when it comes to our family. I know this for myself, but even Paul says that even if you're married as a wife and your husband isn't saved, he said that they can just be won over just by the conduct of your of your wives, that the the very life that you live can preach the gospel and see them saved. Just by the just by the longevity and your consistency and your your pursuit of this. Not to give up or, or to be frustrated or think that they will never receive the gospel, but it's to live the gospel and to continue on. Knowing that as God has so lovingly restored us and redeemed us, that He can also do so with those that are around us. This is why patience and wisdom is needed as we live our lives before Jesus, to faithfully serve and follow him, even if it brings criticism or or resistance or questioning. And then we see in in the next two verses, it talks about people that will go and follow their own desires. It talks about people that will stray away from the word to, to find what suits them and what, what pleases them and turn away from Jesus. And this is what Paul's saying, this is what's going to happen. It speaks about those who will compromise the pure gospel for what suits our own lives or their lives, what pleases them or whatever is easiest. But the problem with that is it, it will never truly give life. It becomes, a, it becomes an echo chamber. You just listen to things that you agree with all the time and anything that's offensive or or anything that questions your lifestyle, you just reject it. But as a result, you just live the same way as you always live, and you have to, you have to deny the, the fullness of Jesus. You have to, you, go, you resist him. You go further and further away from him as you just agree with what you agree with. And the life of Jesus seems further away, and we become more stubborn and unyielding to his path, the path that Jesus has called us in, because we want to go our own way. And we don't want to listen to the words of Jesus that Paul is saying to Timothy, this will happen. That people will reject the gospel, people will reject Jesus and want to make it something else. But we're instructed to continue fervently with Jesus, with the gospel. Not to make it our gospel, to make it his gospel. To, to be humble, to, to, to receive the word, like Tyler was saying, in, in that reverence and humility. Not to, not to make it what we want to make it or look for the things that we want, but to to read the fullness of the word and, and in humility ask the Holy Spirit, what does this, what do I need to do? What does this mean in my life? You know, I think, I think too often we see this and even today where we just, we, so often we just reject the true, the true fullness of the gospel. And what happens is our hearts get hardened. And I believe that Jesus looks on. He looks on where he suffered, where he was beaten. Where not only did he preach the word, but he lived it at his own cost. And then we want to reject that and go our own way. And he looks on from afar as we, as we go further and further away from him. And I think this is the call that Paul has for Timothy and for us today. is not, don't deny me like the rest of the world denies me. Don't, don't compromise or, or filter or dilute the, the pure gospel, the, the fullness of what Jesus paid for, just to suit your surroundings or or suit what, how you want to live, because it will never bring life. Jesus says, I have come to give life, and life abundantly. You know, for us, I, I believe this doesn't just happen for unbelievers, but I believe it happens in, in the church as well sometimes. And for, for myself, as a, as a personal testimony and a, and a conviction that God brought me, I, I probably grew up in a, in a generation or an era in the Western world as, like a, as a broad stroke, nothing against anyone, but... As a broad stroke, I believe that the the identity message was preached, and is preached, and it is a a vital message, but what God convicted me of was, sometimes we preach the identity message at the cost of Jesus himself. And as as, as needed as that is, oftentimes we leave Jesus out of it. And we use this, this identity message that speaks the language of the word of God, but ends up always just being about self. It never talks about Jesus anymore. We, we, end up, we end up substituting the blood of Jesus with, with empowerment. We end up changing the cross to, to how to pursue our dreams. You know, we, we end up, instead of talking about and, and, and submitting to the essential truth of, of surrender and the Holy Spirit, we end up just talking about positive thinking or or, or just watering it down to motivational talks, which are all good in and of itself, but if it isn't Jesus, there is no power to it. it cannot, You know, what we end up with having sometimes, I feel, is, is we end up with a glorified TED Talk. And TED Talks are great. I know people have done TED Talks, but there's no life in that. There's no power in that. It's, a TED Talk can't save the soul. A TED Talk can't redeem us from sin. A TED Talk can't bring us closer to Jesus. No motivational motivational message can do that. I remember a few years back, I was speaking to someone who wasn't a believer, and I was speaking to him about Jesus. And they said to me, they said to me, why do I need Jesus? I remember in that time a few years ago, my mind went totally blank. It was like I knew about salvation, I knew about the pros and the benefits of being a Christian, I knew about the add-ons. But when he asked me that question, it was like I, I had nothing there. It was like I was caught in headlights. And all of a sudden, it was like, what? What is this all about? I've made it all about these other things and Jesus is, is just looking on from afar. That's the, that's the true conviction of my heart. That's what God has, God has been speaking to me, but that Jesus must be preached. That Jesus must be preached and it must be about him. You know, like in Romans 11, it says that from him and of him and to him are all things. That to him are all things. That everything is to Jesus. And I don't, I I don't want to push Jesus aside or forget about Him. That it must, the you know, even with the identity message, the reason we are righteous today is because we stand in the righteous One. It's His identity that we have today, and and as powerful and as needed as the identity message is, it can't be separate from Jesus. And then we go to to verse five here. He talks about that, and then he contrasts it with this. He says, but you, but you, he says, in spite of all that's being said around you, you are instructed to say true and declare the words of Jesus and the person of Jesus. Not to be swayed by others or to dilute the power of the gospel to fit someone else's opinion or to, to fit the room that you're in. And that's what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, I determine to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's not to come up with a strategy or a plan of how to how to incorporate Jesus into this scenario to make it better, but it's just to bring Jesus. He is the gospel. Even if that brings confrontation or opposition, it's because that's what true love looks like. It's following Jesus wherever he goes, whatever he says. And then you see in, this, in that last verse, he says to, to keep your head in all situations, to endure hardship, to do the work of an evangelist, to discharge all the duties of your ministry. And that's where, where Paul is the final command, is now go. As you've been equipped, now go. Now run with the message that I've given you. Run with the gospel. Run with the word of God. Here he says here is to, to do the work of an evangelist. I think the, sim- the simplest definition of evangelism is, is just bringing the Gospel of Jesus to those who don't know Him. It's, it's bringing Jesus into the world. It's our call to bring the, the message of Jesus, and it's the Holy Spirit's role to bring the fruit in that, is to, is to pierce the hearts of those. You know, we can't, we're not called to, to bring the fruit that Jesus comes to bring the fruit. The Holy Spirit comes, and that's what He does. I think we see this perfectly, this, this image of what evangelism looks like in the life of John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist didn't come with a, with a teaching series, he didn't come with, with his opinion on world events or, or to debate, he simply just pointed to Jesus saying he is the one. And it says in the Bible as a prophecy to John the Baptist, it said that he prepared the way of the Lord. Just by pointing to Jesus, he prepared the way. And, you know, That's what we do today. We, that is what evangelism is. We point to Jesus and then God comes in and the Holy Spirit comes in. He touches the hearts of those who hear. He convicts. He encourages. He saves. He redeems. He heals. And that's what we do, that we simply point to Jesus and then the Holy Spirit comes and does the rest in only the way that he can. It's, it's our job to be faithful, and it's, and it's God himself who brings the fruit. It's never, it's never us, it's never our responsibility to be fruitful. That we just follow Jesus in obedience and he brings the fruit. And that's what I just wanted to, to preach here in, in, in what God was saying, is, is that it's our high calling to minister to Jesus. That in everything that we do, it's always unto the Lord, it's always unto Jesus in everything we do and that we become the Gospel. It's that we become the living Word, the, li- the, the living epistle seen and read by all men. That we go and declare Jesus, we bring Jesus to, to those who don't know Him yet, and we let God touch their hearts. We let God do what He does, as we faithfully trust and have faith in Him. You know, that's what it says in the Great Commission. It says that God would confirm the Word. With signs and wonders that we bring the Word, we bring Jesus, and God confirms it. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at infocenterchurch.uk at or check out our website at www.center-church.uk.